welcome to 5% Radio, where it's all about learning like no one else today so you can live like no one else tomorrow. Please be sure to share and subscribe. What's up, 5%ers, and welcome to the very first episode, episode one of the 5% Radio podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about the TFAR cycle that is currently controlling all of your results in life, whether you're aware of it or not, and really exactly how to understand that and then how to use that to your advantage so you can actually get the results you want in any given area you choose. Uh, Now, in the future, I will be doing a full mindset course. I'm not really sure if it's going to be a mini course or a full course. It is going to be quite a bit of content, but I'll also have some of those podcast episodes on the show. But for those of you that like to actually watch content um, visually and you want to actually see the slides and actually, you know, walk through all of the uh, visual demonstrations and everything else to help you really get all the concepts, uh, you can go to 5percentradio.com. That's all spelled out, 5percentradio.com. It may or may not be up at the time of you listening to this, but that is something that I'll definitely be doing a little bit in the future. And as of now, this is just about to hit into 2023. So it's not done yet if you're listening to this in early 2023, but I will be doing that later on. But anyway, so what is the TFAR cycle and why is understanding this so important for you to actually move on. So I want to go into a few quotes before we actually get into the episode itself. But Marcus Aurelius, who was a second century philosopher and Roman emperor, he said this, he said, our life is what our thoughts make it. In the 16th century, William Shakespeare observed that there's nothing good or bad, but thinking makes it so. And during the 19th century, getting a little bit closer to where we live nowadays, Ralph Waldo Emerson said, quote, life consists of what a man is thinking of all day. Early in the 20th century, William James, who is known to be the father of modern psychology, wrote a lot of different books. He was a huge authority on anything and everything psychology in his time. He still is actually considered to be a, an authority today, even though we obviously we've learned some some new things since the beginning of the 20th century. But he said this, he said, quote, the greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their attitudes of mind. And lastly, Carl Jung, who was a Swiss psychologist who passed away, I believe, in uh, 1961. He was born in like 1875, so he's been gone for quite a while. But he said this, he said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will rule your life and you will call it fate. So why is this important? Why why is what we think on a daily basis, moment by moment, why is that so powerful? Because you can get all the information you want to get, but if you're unable to control your thought life, you can learn everything you want to learn. You can know all of the facts that you need to know, but if you're unable to actually control your thought life and direct yourself towards getting a specific result, then you're stuck. Think of a cannon being on a canoe. There's a lot of power in the cannon, but there's no stability. There's no foundation to give any kind of support for that cannon to actually apply the power it has because it is sitting on a canoe. So here's actually how this cycle works. And as we go through this, I'll give you pointers on exactly how you can actually begin to use this cycle in a way that benefits you versus it doing something destructive in your life like most people live with. So it starts with thoughts. Thoughts lead to feelings. So here's an example. Have you ever been watching a commercial and you really weren't hungry? Maybe you weren't thinking about food whatsoever and you saw food on the TV and you thought about it. 
and now you're hungry. Now you're, you're thinking about eating, even though before you were completely content. Maybe you just ate. This is, this is a long time ago, but I was actually, I was hanging out with my parents. I was at their house. I had gone over for the evening. We're watching TV and a commercial came on. And I have a heavy background, and I actually work currently in advertising and marketing, so I understand how all this works, but it was still funny. So we're sitting there, and my dad sees a commercial for pizza. He had already eaten dinner. He sees a commercial for pizza, and automatically he is hungry, and he picks up the phone and orders a pizza, pays for it, and it's at the door within, you know, 20 or 30 minutes. So so think about this. He was not hungry before, but a thought of, oh, look, there's a pizza triggered a feeling. Now he's hungry. So think about maybe the person that you love. Thinking about the person that you love, your significant other, makes you happy. It brings you joy. If you have a decent relationship, that is going to bring you joy. Me thinking about my soon-to-be nine-month-old son brings me joy because he's fun. I enjoy being with him now. In the same way, think about something sad or start listening to some, some sad music. Start engaging in something that gets you thinking about maybe past negative experiences or something that you miss and you'll begin to feel sad because you thought about something and that thought led to a feeling. Thoughts lead to other-like thoughts. So if I have a negative thought, my brain is going to automatically be searching for more negative. You're basically commanding your brain or asking it a question, hey, can you go find more thoughts that are like this? So just like planting a seed grows the same kind of tree as the seed that was planted, you're not going to plant an acorn and then grow a birch tree. It's just it's just not going to happen. You're not gonna, you're not going to have a squirrel go out and plant a walnut and then a pine tree grows. That's just not how things work. Whatever seed gets planted, that same exact tree grows. And what starts off small, the analogy that I've heard is if you planted a seed and it grew into an oak tree, no one can pull out a full-grown oak tree by the roots, but you can pull out a baby sapling. You can walk over with two or three fingers and pull that little sucker up. But you cannot do that with a full-grown tree. So when you plant a thought in your brain and that begins to lead to feelings and the rest of the cycle that we'll talk about here in just a moment, you have to ask yourself, do I actually want this to grow into a tree? Because thoughts lead to feelings and those feelings will always lead to actions. So think about this. I heard a guy give this analogy. He said, if I spit on you, do I make you mad? And the person answered, yes. He said, no, if I spit on you, I make you wet. He said, you choose to be mad. That's an entirely different episode of between stimulus and response. There is choice between the event and the outcome. There is a choice in the middle, but your feelings will lead to actions. And then every single time your actions lead to results. So this is how simple this is. I think a thought, that thought then produces a feeling. That feeling leads to an action because people always act based off their feelings unless they can get out of this cycle and learn to control this and actually begin to be extremely logical, which there are some people that are almost too logical and it annoys some of you, but in a sense it is a great thing that we have those people out there, but your feelings lead to actions and your actions will always lead to your results. So before we can get anything, we must first become aware. So before I can change anything in my life, before I can learn how this cycle works or learn how success works or how to have a good relationship, how to have good finances, how to have good health, I have to understand how the basics work. In order to win a game, I have to actually, first of all, understand the rules of the game. Before I even learn how to play the game, I have to understand the rules of the game. So I have to be aware of this first, and then I have to choose to accept responsibility, which means taking control of this process and owning it as your own, saying, you know what, this is my brain. These are my thoughts. These are my feelings that I'm producing with my own thoughts. 
and then I'm acting based on my feelings that I produce with my thoughts and that I'm getting results. The results are my fault. If it's not your fault, if it's not your responsibility, then you have no power to change it. So a great example of this is I used to struggle with anger. This was, I don't even know, probably I'm going to say late teenage years all the way up until early to mid-ish 20s. I used to I used to really have just, you know, I, I had a short fuse. Now, I had one of my absolute best friends when I was in my early 20s. And he's like, dude, I've never, ever seen you mad. I've never seen you angry. And that was because I didn't really have any reasons that I thought to get upset around him. But But here's the deal. And truth bomb alert, but a lot of people will tell you, that's just the way that I am. How many times have you heard this? That's just the way that I am. Oh, well, I get my temper from my dad or I get my temper from my mom or, well, I'm this way because everyone in my family has always blank and that's why, and they act like it's completely out of their control. Please, if, if any of you can show me the anger gene, I would, I would completely change my stance on this. If you can send me a scientific study where they say, okay, this is the anger gene and Joe does not have it, and John does. Poor John, he has the anger gene. He is He's just stuck for life. Here's the deal. That, that's a bunch of garbage. You are not, quote, just the way you are. Stop, stop telling yourself, oh, this is just the way that I am, because you have the ability to change anything in your life with this cycle of thoughts, feelings, actions, results. Because if I think a different thought, I have different feelings, I act differently, I get different results if I act differently, and then based on those results... I can continue to say, man, that was great. That worked out well. I'm going to continue thinking different thoughts. That's how someone's life can change so drastically. Now, I'm going to talk more about drastic changes with small improvements over time in episode two, so be sure to tune into that. But just understand that this cycle can truly change your whole life because at the end of the day, thinking boils down to one thing. It is literally just asking and answering questions in your own head. I love when people say they don't talk to themselves because literally if, if I was to stand up on a stage or if I was to sit down with you and say, yeah, I talk to myself in your head while you're listening to me, you'd say, oh, only crazy people talk to themselves. But by thinking that thought silently and not verbally, you're, you're talking to yourself. So thinking is really doing two things. One, I ask a question. Two, I answer the question in my own head. So I want you to start asking this, here's how you really take control of the cycle. Again, I'll do a full mindset course and I'll do a ton of episodes of mindset in the future. I'll make sure that I sprinkle those in along with the other content, but start asking yourself this question right here. Every single time you have a thought that you're not entirely sure if it's negative or positive, do I want this thought? Do I want the feelings and the actions and the results that this thought will lead to? Here's what to ask yourself. Simple question, but is this thought going to take me closer or further away for my goal. So is it going to take me closer to where I want to go or further away from where I want to go? Again, this can be in any area, your marriage, your finances, your business, your job, if you're looking to get a raise, your your health. I, I don't care what area this is, your parenting, your, uh, your, your walk with God. This can take you in any area. Is this thought going to take me closer to or bring me further away from my goal? So if I follow this thought, if I continue thinking thoughts like this and I attract more like this and I have feelings based on that and I have actions, I'll get results. Do I want the results that this thought will bring me? And then simply, if the answer is no, then stop that thought dead in its tracks. This is called pattern interruption. Basically, what I'm doing is I am literally interrupting a pattern, pattern interruption. I'm interrupting a pattern of thinking I'm pushing that thought away and immediately I'm focusing on something else. Now, 
I personally have found what works best for me from all the reading that I've done on this specific subject and the, the things that I've done. Um, little little side note, um, I was actually depressed for years and years and years. I learned this cycle and I began to see some massive changes in my life. I learned that I could actually fill my brain with information that I wanted to be thinking that would produce feelings that I enjoyed rather than feelings that were bringing me down. I would then have different actions and I would have different results. So because I had different thoughts, I had different feelings and those feelings produce actions that were not congruent with a depressed person. It just did not continue. I didn't have to do medications or counseling or go see a psychologist or you know, it's 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 interesting to me, but whenever someone says that someone is, quote, depressed, whenever I go talk to that person, every single thing that we discuss is a negative thinking pattern. These are called cognitive distortions, big geeky word, but basically it's a broken pattern of thinking. Because if I think a negative thought, I'm going to begin to ask myself questions that are in agreement with that thought. So if I think something that is negative, I'm going to look for evidence or other thoughts that support what I just said. So I'm essentially trying to win an argument for the worse against myself of why I shouldn't feel better. So I used to be depressed. I learned this. I never took drugs. I didn't start taking fancy supplements. I didn't go see a psychologist. I didn't have counseling. I didn't do any of that sort of stuff. My life didn't change drastically overnight. And I'm like, ah, oh, the circumstances that were making me quote unquote depressed have now gone away. None of that happened. I learned how to control my thoughts with this right here. Thoughts, feelings, actions, results. So pattern interruption is literally Push away the thought that you don't want that's not going to take you closer to where you want to go and focus on something that makes you feel good. Focus on something that's actually bringing you closer towards your goals. Focus on something that is bringing you closer to your goals, closer to where you want to go, closer to the circumstances that you want in your life, and that's more in line with you accomplishing whatever that is. So again, pattern interruption. If you think, okay, this thought is not going to take me closer to where I want to go, cut that thought pattern off immediately and then replace it with something else. So for me, I started replacing it with things that I was grateful for. From there, I started replacing it with, man, what's it going to be like when I achieve? And then I would start thinking about my goals. I would start thinking about relationships in my life that made me happy. I would start thinking about maybe past victories that I had had that week, that day, that month, or that year, just good things that I could look back on that would give me a positive feeling. And I'm not trying to be woo-woo and weird and, you know, pinch yourself and go to a happy place. I'm not, I'm not really into the, any of that stuff, but I would push away the thought that made me feel like garbage and I would bring in something that made me feel good. It's as simple as that. Here's why you have to actually not only push something away, but immediately focus on something else in the positive. It's because ignoring or pushing away does not work. So th there's the saying that nature abhors a vacuum. Nature abhors a vacuum. So if I change a channel on a TV for example, if I'm watching TV and I change the channel, I have to, by default, go to another channel unless I am just shutting off the TV. If I'm in a meeting and I'm having a serious moment, we've all done this before, but you're in a meeting, you're having a serious moment, you're having a really serious conversation, something very, very, very important is happening and something tries to pop in about, oh yeah, when you have lunch next or you've got to get gas on the way home and you're immediately like, I, I can't think about that right now and you push it out because you're focused on something else. You cannot just push something out and not have something there to replace it. So I want you to think of channels in your brain. I can switch to a channel that makes me feel terrible. And those feelings again will produce actions and results that I don't want. Or I can switch to a channel that makes me feel better, that moves me closer to where I want to go. And this sounds overly simplified, but if you've never actually done this, 
Your brain is like a muscle. It will take time to learn this, but once you've learned this, it, it, everything in your life can be so much brighter. It, it's like someone turned the lights up for the first time and you went from seeing like barely at all to like, oh my gosh, like I can actually control what happens throughout my day in my head. So I can go from having a terrible day and I can have a great place. I heard one guy put it this way. He said, the mind is its own place. It can make a heaven out of hell or it can make a hell out of heaven. And basically what he's saying is it can, and I'm not, I'm not swearing when I say that, but what I'm, what I'm saying there is he was basically iterating the fact that I can take a good situation and I can make it terrible with my thoughts, or I can take a terrible situation, quote unquote, terrible that most people would say, oh, that's so bad. And I can make it great with my thoughts. I can do whatever I want within my mind and no one can affect that. One of the last human freedoms, a man that was in so, so, so many concentration camps, I'll probably do an entire episode on him later on, but his name was Viktor Frankl, but he said this, he said that one of the last human freedoms that we have is the ability to choose our own attitudes. And I'm paraphrasing, but he had gone through every concentration camp. You can imagine his wife went in and she was pregnant. She lost the baby. Then she passed away. I believe a lot of his family went in, like his parents, things like that. They all passed away. He went through so many different terrible concentration camps, including Auschwitz, including pretty much any major, like, oh, the worst of the worst. He went through them all, survived, and went on to become a, a just traveled the world, spoke, wrote books, did all kinds of amazing things with his life because he understood that he could choose his attitude. They could do any terrible thing to him, but he could choose his attitude in his own head. So if you're having a bad day or a bad week. And if you're, if you're feeling down, understand that if you think different thoughts, your feelings will begin to change. And it may take some time, but you, you'll go through four different phases of learning during any process of anything that I talk about on the show, anything that you'll ever learn in life, you'll have four different phases. And once you have gone through these four phases and you get to even like phase three, before you even get to phase four, but if you get to, if you can get to phase three, with this process and you can maintain that phase three long enough, then you'll eventually get to a place where you can do this with very little or almost no thought because you've stayed in that conscious meaning. I thought about it. You thought about it and did it and thought about it and did it and thought about it and did it over and over and over again. And so you get to this place where you can pretty much do this on autopilot, like all the times you drive home and you're not sure if you stopped at stop signs or turned at the right place, but you got there anyway. So here are the four phases of learning in order. So phase one is unconscious incompetence, which unconscious meaning I'm not even aware of. So I don't even know how bad I am at this thing. Then you move into the phase of conscious incompetence, meaning now I'm aware of what this thing is. I, I understand that there's a ton to learn and I realize now that I am absolutely horrible at this. So I go from, oh, I'm aware of this thing. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know how bad I was at this because I've never tried it. And then conscious competence. Now I know how terrible I am. There's so much room. I'm over my head. I'm drinking from a fire hydrant. I'm drowning in information and practice. There's so much to do. And then you'll move to a level of conscious competence. So before I go into phase four, I want you to think about, you know, maybe driving stick shift if you've done that. And there's a, a decreasing amount of people over the years that you talk to that actually know how to do this, especially in my generation or younger. I'm, I'm 28. So a lot of the people that I talk to uh, do not know how to, or they've never even tried to drive stick. But so if you think about driving stick, um, when I first started driving stick, 
I burned a lot of rubber at stoplights and things like that. When you're taking off uphill, you know, I dumped the clutch, the car was revved too high, or you're in the wrong gear, you stall it, you you kill the car. Um, there, there's so much learning that happens, and then eventually you're just driving the vehicle. Another analogy, and this is one that everyone can relate to. Hopefully, everyone has learned how to ride a bike. Uh, if not, it's it's probably something that you should do. Um, but if you have not learned how to ride a bike, then you won't relate with this, but probably 99% of people will. So when you're a kid and you first take the training wheels off, you thought you were good at riding a bike because you had training wheels on. You weren't really aware of what it's like to ride a bike with no training wheels. Mom or dad takes off the training wheels, grandpa and grandma, whoever it was, and you begin to try to ride the bike with their assistance with no training wheels. So you get into a level of unconscious incompetence very quickly, meaning okay, I realize now that I'm absolutely awful at this and there's so much to learn. I have no clue how I would ever be able to do this. Then you move to conscious incompetence, meaning, oh, okay. So now I, I realize that I'm, I'm really bad at this, but I know that I can learn. So unconscious incompetence, I had no clue how bad I was conscious incompetence. Now I'm aware of how terrible I am and I'm going to begin practicing because I'm aware that I am so terrible. And then you move to conscious competence where you can ride the bike, but you have to focus on it. You're wobbly. You cut turns hard. Sometimes you fall over. If you had pedal brakes like myself, you know, you'll, you'll accidentally do that and stop yourself and fall off the bike. But you, you move through these phases, unconscious incompetence. I have no clue how bad I am. Conscious incompetence. Now I'm aware that I'm terrible and I just need to learn conscious competence. I can do it when I focus really hard. I have to give it pretty much all my attention, but I can do it just like the first time you started driving, whether it was stick or not, you got to a place where you could keep it between the lines, but it took a lot of focus. You couldn't, I I don't know about you, but I wasn't allowed to listen to the radio. uh, I mean, anything because I had to give my full attention. And then you move to a place of level four learning, which is called unconscious competence, which means like, I I can't even tell you how, like, I, I don't even have to think about doing this. It is so automatic, just like when you tie your shoes, like you don't have to go through and think about, okay, like, you know, left over right. And then I'm going to, I'm going to put this one through and then I'm going to, I'm going to pull the bunny ears. And then, okay, if I want to double knot it, I have to do right over. Like you don't have to think about any of that stuff. You literally just tie your shoe. You could be doing anything. You could be in the dark. I could wake you up at 3am be like, Hey, throw your shoes on. And you could do that because you were at a level of unconscious competence. Now, think about, I'm going back to the analogy of stick shift because it's just something that most people, even if they've not done it, they can understand. There's so many different things. So you push in the clutch, you hopefully release the gas, you go from whatever gear you're into neutral to the next gear, and then you slowly release the clutch as you put down the gas pedal at the exact same time. Now, when you start doing that, it is the hardest thing ever. But conscious competence, if you do it long enough, you can move to a level of unconscious competence, which means I can be eating on the phone, have the radio up, have a passenger in my car that I'm having like a side conversation with. No, no, no. no, I think we're supposed to turn left. Are you sure we're supposed to turn right? I can be doing all of that in busy traffic and it's raining and I'm driving stick and we're speeding. You can be doing all of that without even really having to think about it a whole lot because that has now become something that you can do unconsciously. It's become a habit. You don't really have to think about it that much. And this is the same exact way. When you begin to master this cycle and really spend time in this cycle of thoughts, feelings, actions, results, you'll begin to actually move through changes faster than you even notice because, and again, tune into episode two to talk about 
marginal, just 1% small changes that lead up to massive compounding growth over time that you don't even see sneaking up on you. But you will begin to see changes in your life because you are finally and probably for the first time, if you're anything like I was when I began this journey, you are finally actually taking control of your thought life. This will become a habit, but you have to go through these four phases and you have to apply this on a very regular basis. So how can you actually start applying this today? What is something that you can do that will start working immediately? Here it is. I want you to start listening to your own thoughts. I want you to do an audit of your thoughts. Just like if someone came in and did an audit of your finances, they would find a bunch of things. They would reveal things to you. You had no clue that were there. You're like, man, I spent that much on energy drinks last month, or I can't believe we ate out that much, or man, I had no clue that we spent $460 last month in gas. Man, maybe I want to think about getting a, a more fuel-efficient vehicle. You know, you would find things if someone came in and audited your life. So I want you to actually audit your own thoughts. Think about listening to everything you say. And then if you want to actually take this to the extreme, for those of you that are my overachievers and you're like, you know what, I want to do everything I can on this, you can start implementing this right now by not only auditing, but actually writing down. I want you to write down the most reoccurring thoughts you have. So if you're like, you know what, I want to, I don't know, I want to lose 50 pounds. I want to lose 50 pounds in the next XYZ number of months. Um, don't don't say you want to lose 50 pounds in the next two months. That's just not a healthy goal out of weight loss coaching for years. So please don't do anything crazy. It's just an analogy. But if you said, okay, I, I want to lose 50 pounds or I want to make six figures this year or I want my marriage to go from we fight you know, every single day to maybe only fighting once a week to fighting once a month to not fighting at all. I want that to happen in the next 12 months. What can I do? Start listening to your thoughts. If you have the thought of, I want blank, or my goal is fill in the blank. If you have that thought, so my goal is this, you'll immediately have thoughts coming around that, giving you reasons why maybe you can't achieve that, or uh, don't you remember this? You did this in the past and it didn't work. You'll have those coming in. They'll produce feelings of doubt and disbelief and all this other stuff. But take those thoughts that you have over and over and over and over again, sort of like you'll be listening to this podcast and over the next, you know, hundreds of episodes, you'll realize that I probably have certain phrases that, oh man, Jesse says that a lot. That That's you auditing. Oh, he said it again. There he goes. I want you to do that with your own thoughts. So here's my challenge to you. Start paying more attention to your thought life. Look for ways to force out what's negative, what's taking you further away from your goals towards the outcomes you desire, and actually replace those thoughts with something positive. Also, if you want to learn more, check out the book As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. I'll put a link in the show notes for the Amazon link for that book. I don't have any affiliation with that book or the, any companies that make it, um, but it is a phenomenal book if you want to learn more about the sort of thing. It's kind of a dense read. You might have to read some of the chapters quite a few times. There are, I don't know how many chapters in that book that I've read probably close to a dozen times now because it's just, it's one of my favorite books when it comes to mindset. But quick recap. And then again, my challenge to you is just really start paying more attention towards your thought life, but your thoughts will always equal feelings. Those feelings will lead to actions. Those actions will lead to your results. And if you want to change that, you have to go from becoming aware to taking responsibility to practicing what I covered today. Hope you enjoyed that, and I'll talk to you in episode two.